Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Basketball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. All right, hope y'all had a great weekend. What's going on? We are into July. It is Monday, July 2nd. And welcome back to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast, getting ready for Fantasy Week 15. It's time to get those lineups set. We've got players to add. We got weekend standouts. We got a whole bunch of hitters and pitchers to talk about. I don't know, guys. I didn't, I didn't think it was the most, uh, active fantasy weekend, right? Just kind of one of those Not weekends. The most active. Yeah. Stay no. inside. There was, there was a very enticing pitching performance from a young pitcher who's widely available. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I think given the circumstances, he's not must-add. Are you talking about Max Freed? I am talking about Max Freed. There was also a three-homer game just last night. There was? A player who's about 25% available. There was a three-homer game last night? Which team was responsible for that? I believe yours was, Adam. (laughs) And my baseball team. Certainly not one of my fantasy teams. That's not going to happen. And Heath Cummings is here. What's up, Heath? It was a great weekend. Really it was had a lot of fun. Uh, really? Yeah, did all kinds of fun things. How hot is it in Florida? Because here in New York, it is so painfully hot. It was one. It was a weekend which is just stay in the shade and in the air conditioning. See, here's the thing. Like a lot of people complain about how hot it has been lately. It doesn't get any hotter here than it does there. No, but it's it's that hot for like. Five, six months of the year. Yeah, but it's like unusually hot ac- across the country, or not, well, not entirely across the country, but it's unusually hot, and you know what? Really had an effect on baseball, because balls were flying, especially at Wrigley Field. The Cubs have scored double-digit runs, I think, in four straight games now. Um, you talk about Jose Barrios, one of the guys who got crushed this weekend. He said he was having a lot of trouble with the heat. Uh, who was it that had to take himself out in, like, the fifth inning? Uh, this weekend, there was a pitcher who, who had to, oh, Tyler Skaggs. Tyler Skaggs was having trouble in Baltimore, so the heat played a big factor. It was a weekend for offense, but well, for me, it was really a weekend to add pitchers and not so much hitters. But well, I'll ask you guys, one hitter to add, one pitcher to add. Heath, why don't you give me a hitter to add? You know who's unusually hot? A hitter that has nine hits in his last four games. And he was must own last year, and he's just 40% owned, and that's Avisail Garcia. I believe he scored 34 fantasy points last week. Oh, boy, but we don't like Avi Garcia on this podcast so much because he has no walks and 11 strikeouts, I think, in this little hot streak. Well, I think relative to how available he is, it's... like I I think we're to the point where we could talk about adding him in five outfielder leagues, and I think he's available in a bunch of those leagues. Three home runs in his last six. He just went four for five with two doubles and a triple yesterday. And uh his BABIP's about 100 points lower than it was last year. Now, his BABIP was really high last year, so maybe we shouldn't expect it to be as good as he was then. Uh But I know heading into the weekend, I think Thursday or Friday, I was able to pick him up in a 24-team league. Right. So that kind of tells you just how off the radar he is. Right. So, Heath, are you in standard mixed league mode with Avi Garcia or deeper? I am in standard mixed league five outfielder mode for sure. 
I think you should in a standard three outfielder league have three outfielders better and a utility, but there's certainly a possibility that your, your offense is the weaker part of your team and I, I would pick him up. Would you drop Adam Eaton for Avi Garcia? Ooh, that, I, I really want to say no because I'd like to believe that Adam Eaton still has the potential to justify the price that was paid for him. But if I was on a team that was like five and seven and feeling like I was getting closer to must win territory or four and eight, then absolutely I would. I'd rather start him this week. Okay. All right. Well, here, here's the issue who you should be adding. If you're looking to drop bad, I mean, this is who you should be adding instead. And he's only 4% more owned than Avisel Garcia. He is second on my top 10 sleeper hitters for this week. And his name is Jake Bowers. Welcome is, to the club. Well, I, I didn't think he was not worth adding before, but now he has the, the matchups, I think, that you'll want to start him this week. Um, so that's really what clinches it for me. And, uh, he's outfield eligible on CBS Sports. He may not be on all sites, but that's what he entered the season with, uh, before picking up first base later. And he's facing the Marlins and Mets pitching staffs this week. Nearly as many walks as strikeouts. He's been hitting a lot of doubles, only two home runs in a month's time. But I think in points leagues and five outfielder leagues, he's definitely somebody you should start this week. Jake Bowers, Avi Garcia, and I'll just say this about Eaton. He did start each of the last three games in right field. He did lead off each of the last three games. And he's doing a lot of damage to the opponents. He's the reason why Vince Velasquez is on the DL. Very cool play, by the way, Velasquez throwing left-handed. That was awesome. Um, And and by the way, I'm not totally on board with dropping him. I know my transition may have made it sound like that, but, like, if you don't have to start Adam Eaton, I'd rather have him on my bench than Bowers or Garcia or... Right. Any other outfielder who's less than 70% out. Okay. Uh, Heath, how about a pitcher to add? I'm going back to Ryan Yarbrough. He was uh, good in his most recent performance. He is SPARP eligible. He gets the Marlins this week. I think there's an outside chance he makes two appearances this week, but it's hard enough to project two start pitchers when we have an actual starting rotation. It's really hard with the Rays. Either way, if he just makes one appearance against the Marlins, I expect he's going to be a top 12 relief pitcher this week. Okay, and he could get a win, but not a quality start, right? Well, he can get a win, but not a quality start if the Rays don't burn their bullpen before he makes his next start. He has made a start or two this year because their guy that they plan on starting, they had to use a game or two beforehand. So that will be kind of up in the air. Most likely he can get a win, but not a quality start. Okay, Brian Yarbrough. Scott, pitcher to add. Well, I'd like to go with Max Freed. I found that when I was going through my rosters uh, this this week, there were some leagues I'd love to add him in and some leagues where I couldn't drop my worst pitcher for him. And the leagues where I'd love to add him, obviously, were on the deeper side. and. He was either already owned or went for a crazy amount of fab. Uh, there, there wasn't like that happy medium league where I could really justify adding him. And I think a lot of owners are probably in the same boat. He's only 18% owned. So I'm going to go with a pitcher who I think is in a similar situation, has similar upside, but has two starts this week. And that's Esteban Luizaga. <laughs> no, not, not Esteban. Luizaga. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep doing that. Jonathan Luizaga. Yeah, that's, I thought you were doing my, a my thing. Trick- my trick for remembering his name, how to pronounce his name, is think Esteban Loaiza. So I, <laughs> I'm kind of playing a trick on myself there. Um, 
And Esteban Lawise, Esteban Lawise, that hasn't been in the news for good reasons lately. So that's right. That's probably not an association Mr. Lawiziga wants. Jonathan yeah, Lawiziga. Jonathan Lawiziga, who's starting Monday. It looked like it was going to be Domingo Herman up until yesterday afternoon. Looks like he was going to be the one making two starts for the Yankees. I wish he was, but no, it's going to be Lawiziga, and uh, he's more available. And the second of those starts will be against the Blue Jays, so at least one good matchup there. Atlanta at home, Blue Jays on the road for Lawiziga, who is 68% owned. So, you know, you get kind of a deeper option with uh, with Yarbrough, shallower option with Lawiziga, who's now a two-star pitcher. And um, it is not certain who's going to leave the rotation when Tanaka comes back. Lawiziga and Armand are sort of auditioning for that last spot. But watching the game last night, Buster only thinks the Yankees are going to make a trade for a pitcher before the All-Star break. So I think both Loizaga and uh, Armand are out. Very good chance by the All-Star break, uh, out of the rotation. Just something to keep in mind. But uh, you should get two starts from Loizaga this week. That'd be nice. Uh, Max Fried, yeah, he's a big standout, and he's he's 12% owned. He struck out 11 with 15 swinging strikes on 101 pitches over six and two-thirds at St. Louis. He's just got walk It's actually up to 18% now. Oh, is it 18% owned? Um, okay. It was 12 when you did the notes. It's 18 now. Ownership. So Max Fried is a Braves pitcher, and um, when, you know, trying to watch all these young guys, I don't know that any of them, you know, Bieber, Peralta, uh, may, Bueller's got some pretty nasty stuff. I don't know, though, that any of them have a pitch like Max Fried's curveball. That thing is awesome. And I'd like to see some more. Are we going to see some more Max Fried? Well, it's it's awesome when it's at its best. It seems like, judging from his minor league numbers and previous stints in the majors, it's very inconsistent. But then you look at like his performance in the Arizona Fall League this offseason, he was overpowering. And I think he has that kind of potential. I think right now, with uh, Mike Soroka being moved to the 60-day DL and Luis Gohara... He just went five innings for the first time all year this weekend. So I think he's still a ways away from getting another chance. Uh, with, I mean, I don't know how long McCarthy, Brandon McCarthy's hamstring injury is going to keep him on the DL, but right now, Freed looks like the guy. And I think if he strings enough together enough of these starts, then he could potentially stick around the rest of the way. But that's a big if at this point. And it wouldn't surprise me if his next start is bad, and then maybe either McCarthy's coming back or Matt Whistler's getting a start after that. That's why I'm not, like, ready to go all out for him, even though I do like the upside. Man, it looks like Freed is lined up to face the Brewers in Miller Park this week, which can be a little bit tough. All right, we'll get into some weekends. Right, let's get into weekend standouts right now. So for me, Freed was a standout. It wasn't – I guess we should probably talk about Aaron Hicks. Uh, three home run games are fun, but it it wasn't uh, a weekend with an obvious standout. Heath, am I am I missing someone? I don't. I, I would agree with what you said. I will just say my weekend standout, Marcus Stroman. We talked about him a little bit last week after his first start, his second start back. Yes, it was the Tigers. He only got four strikeouts, but the thing that I like to see is he's now thrown twelve innings since coming back off the disabled list. He's only walked one batter. His ground ball rate has been enormous in both games. He's still just 72% owned for some reason. Marcus Stroman should be universally owned, and I feel pretty confident in starting him now. Yeah, good point, and that's another thing I wanted to say. Look, Heath gave a pitcher to add. He gave Ryan Yarbrough, 
if Marcus Stroman and Ryan Yarbrough are on the waiver wire, he's picking up Stroman. It's not, you know, it, he's trying to give. Well, of, they're they're not in the same category though, because I'm not. I'm mostly just picking up Yarbrough as a relief pitcher. Okay, but you but you like Stroman better rest of season. Correct. Yes. And there are going to be some other guys like Rich Hill. Rich Hill is seventy-seven percent owned. I don't know how he could be unowned in any of my leagues. I would I would definitely pick up Rich Hill if he were available. Agreed. So yeah, there are some guys out there. Um, yeah, I'm kind of interested in Steven Matz, guys. I don't know how you feel about him. He's he's sixty-six percent. He's got the raise this week. Ooh, I got one. All right. So Scott hates streaming one-star pitchers. So let's <laughs> see how Scott oh, no. feels about this one. I got a guy who is so good on the road, and he is owned in 17% of leagues, and he is at Seattle this week, and he's given up two or fewer earned runs in seven of his eight road starts, and he is Herman Marquez, Marquez. Right? Yes. Yeah. Herman Marquez, who was brilliant at the Dodgers with uh, nine strikeouts and eight innings, one run, two hits, no walks, and he's got a 276 road ERA. At Seattle this week, would any, I, I picked, okay, I picked up Nick Kingham in a league, but it, I also put in a claim to drop the same player, to drop Lance Lynn for Marquez. So it's a two-start Kingham, I preferred him over a one-start Marquez, but if I didn't get him, I was going to start Marquez in our podcast points league, in which I have a dreadful pitching staff. Anybody interested in Marquez on the road? See, this is what I don't understand about the streaming one-start options things. Obviously the upstart, upside is limited in an, single week versus a two-start streamer, which is already, I think, uh, hard enough to get on your roster. Like, roster space is so precious, especially when you're talking about a league with only 21 spots, that I, I just I just don't see how you do it. But, well, I, like I said, I picked up Nick Kingham instead. But yeah. if I couldn't get him, I'm either starting, like, a one-start... Well, Kevin Gosman is confusing to me, or a one-start Sonny Gray, or a one-start Tyson Ross, or a one-start Herman Marquez, and I feel like when he's on the road, he's as good as those guys. Is Tyson Ross's matchup just terrible this week? Who, at at Arizona. Well, yeah, I would he, much rather start Tyson Ross. I'm, I'm Scott brought up some concerns with Tyson Ross, and I share them, and uh, he was really bad against Pittsburgh. No strikeouts, seven runs, and Arizona's a brutal matchup right now. Well, it's a good park for him, which is always funny to say at Arizona. But yeah, he was bad and maybe it was it all suddenly catching up to him at once. I don't know. I, I think there's a chance of that. But he had been trending the wrong direction very slowly now for a couple months. Hadn't had a double digit swinging strike performance after doing, um, I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was like seven of the first ten had double digits and then he did like eight straight. That's 18 starts, so that's too many. But you get what I'm saying. Eight yeah, straight yeah. without with only single digits. And uh, the ERA had been creeping up. The strikeouts had been creeping down. He's a two-pitch pitcher. He doesn't throw as hard as he did before thoracic outlet syndrome. It just seemed like there were reasons to start to get a little nervous. And then, boom, this weekend happened. I I think if you can afford to pick up like a two-start Kingham, I would rather start him over Tyson Ross, but a one start Marquez, even knowing how good the numbers are at home. On the road. I, yeah, on the road. I, I think, I think that's just as, I have just as much as confidence as Tyson All right, Ross. Well, but that's fine. I mean, some people point. are going to start Tyson Ross. My point is that, uh, Armand Marquez is 17% owned and you might be able to get a nice start out of him. That's all. 
uh, deeper leagues, you know, keep an eye on it. You can stream the guy when he's, when he's on the road. Cause he's got, he's, he looks like a pretty talented pitcher to me. But, alright, anyway, um, any other standouts? Anyone that we missed? The, uh, your boy Greg Bird homer twice Friday. You know what I noticed about him? Was, God, a ton of, you know, ton of ground balls this year. Which is weird, cause he's usually a pretty big fly ball hitter. But this two homer game did nothing. Like, I need to see more he, from Greg Bird. He's, he's like, He's usually been, I, I don't even know how to say what he's usually been because I feel like every stint where we see him in between injuries, he's a little bit different, but, <laughs> but, uh, Keon Broxton also homered twice Friday. And what's interesting about him is he started four of the last five games in center field. He's been the one filling in for Yelich. Um, which I, I guess makes sense. I guess makes sense. When Yelich, cause Yelich isn't on the DL. No. But, uh, if he comes back, if he avoids a DL stint, you know, before Lorenzo Kane comes back, it'll be interesting to see if they stick with Broxton in center and keep Yelich in right, or if they move Yelich to center, Thames in right, Jesus Aguilar getting to play first base every day, because they're still not quite fully on board with Aguilar playing every day. He's been playing more often. It seems like they've been sitting him day games after night games, which I don't know, like he's 27. I don't know why he <laughs> needs to do that, but that's how they've been approaching it lately. Uh, you forgot about Ryan Braun. He's also in the mix, but Braun is just flirting yeah. with a DL stint. He keeps leaving with back issues, so that could happen. All right, uh, so Keon Broxton had a nice game. Keep an eye on him. He also stole a base this weekend, which is more what he's good at. It's just, is he going to hit for average at all? Probably no. not. All right, well, uh, if you want some more fantasy baseball coverage, please sign up for our Fantasy Baseball Today newsletter. Get an edge on your competition during the stretch run. It's going to come to your inbox every day. It's got all the advice from Scott and Heath that you need, players to add, prospects, and more. And you can do this very quickly. Subscribe for free. CBSSports.com slash FBT Daily. CBSSports.com slash FBT Daily. Make sure you're watching CBS Sports HQ on the free CBS Sports app. All this stuff is free. It's beautiful. CBS Sports HQ is a 24-7 streaming channel. Um, we are the best source for video news, you know, sports coverage, sports news coverage out there. It's sports news. It's highlights. It scores. It's just awesome stuff. And NBA free agency going on right now, so it's a great time to be watching HQ. Also, you can sign up for sportsline.com, which has some fantasy content, some, a lot of gambling content on it. Uh, it's 10 bucks a month, but the first month can be $1 if you go to sportsline.com. And sign up with the promo code PITCH. Alright, here's the big news. You Darvish has an elbow impingement and there's no timetable for his return. Ryan Tapera is on the DL with elbow inflammation. Is it Tyler Clippard that we want to pick up? It seems like, though it wouldn't surprise me if Sonwano got in that mix as well. Yeah. Uh, very murky. Very murky that blue Jays bullpen. Because it seems like if either of them is is consistent while Tapera's out, then Tapera's probably out as closer. And Ozuna's coming back in about a month. Uh Vince Velasquez on the DL with a bruised forearm. Does Zach Eflin make two starts this week? I was asked that question, and I'm curious. Well, when I went through this process yesterday, um, no was the answer to that. Let me see who was making two starts for the Phillies. Could be no one. it's I possible think. it could have changed even since then. I think they have a five-game week. constantly changing. So. They do have a five-game week. Yeah, so probably no one was okay. making two starts from there. Well, are they going to just skip somebody and go four-man while Velasquez is out? 
Uh, it's possible, but I would bet no. The answer is usually no. All right. Well, here's the thing. They don't play today, right? So no. Eflin is facing Baltimore tomorrow, which is a very good matchup for a righty. And if anyone gets a second start, it would probably be him since he's the first one pitching this week, Zach Eflin. Yeah, it would it would be him. Yeah. Uh roster resource says starter for Saturday, July seventh is T B D, so uh they're at least expecting the Phillies to call someone up for that start, which would mean no two starts for Eflin. So I, I you know, the thing is like if you're starting a guy because he's making two starts, you have to know he's making two starts. If you're fine with one start from Eflin, then fine. Maybe you'll get lucky. And the Rays have gone eight and one over the Yankees, Nationals, and Astros in their last nine games on this homestand. Pretty amazing stuff. Uh, eight and one. I believe it's eight and one. Yankees, Nationals, and Astros. And Heath, LeBron James is a Laker. Yes, and that wasn't even the most interesting basketball thing to happen. There was a fight between the Australian national team and the uh, Philippine national team that was something to behold. Really? Yeah, it's uh, frightening almost. Wow. Jeez. Uh, so that's the big news. Here's the regular size news. George Springer is a bit beat up, and he is super slumping right now. So he sat yesterday, I believe. Do we start George Springer this week? Unless I hear something today that makes me think I shouldn't, I will be starting. Leonis Martins going on the DL with a hamstring strain. Christian Yelich has been out with back tightness. Cattell Marte missed Sunday's game after he left Saturday's game with a cramp. I'm planning on starting Cattell Marte. They said it was just kind of like a minor thing, but Martin just went on the DL with a hamstring. I read First I read cramp, then strain. I don't know. Usually don't go on a DL with a, with a cramp. Anyway, I think... Marte, I'm hoping, is fine. Uh, that was very definitive. Seattle is going to monitor. <laughs> Be careful with Felix Hernandez because he pitched through back pain against the Royals on Saturday, and they're going to monitor that. It's possible he he does not start this week. Uh, the minor news. Minor is in parent is in quotes quotes. Colorado sent John Gray to AAA. <laughs> Dropper hole. Um, yeah, it it won't be long that he's down there. It's it's crazy that they they um resorted to this, but. I imagine he'll go down there and dominate for a start or two and be right back up. Because he was, depending how you look at it, dominating major league hitters. 309 FIP, one of the best strikeout rates in baseball. He's he's going to be okay. You need to hold on to him. Heath Walker Bueller was also sent to the minors. Uh, between Gray and Bueller, are they both stashable? One, two, zero? I am holding on to both, especially with Bueller having that RP eligibility. I would expect they're both back pretty quick. I just I think you got to get Bueller stretched out just a little bit. And the Brewers sent Orlando Arcia to AAA. Scott, do you have any hope for Orlando Arcia in dynasty formats? Um, not much, not much. I, I mean, there's always a chance a player that young with that pedigree could break through down the road, but he's shown so little in what's been an extended run in the majors. I can't imagine he has a lot of trade value or anything like that now. All right, so we're saying Stash, Gray, and Bueller, and Arcia. If you have him in a dynasty league, cross your fingers. And I would like to point out that we've got a few guys coming back this week. And to that, we say... 
welcome back. Johnny Cueto. Now, we don't know for sure about Cueto. He could start this week, and it could be at Colorado, or it could be home against St. Louis. So you probably want to avoid Cueto. Carlos Carrasco, however, is going to start against the A's on Friday. Heath, starter sit Carlos Carrasco. It's going to depend on what else you have on your roster, but I wouldn't really have a lot of hesitation about starting him. All right, Garrett Richards could start. Again, this is a could, not a will. Garrett Richards could start against the Mariners on Wednesday. Shohei Otani could be back this week. AJ Pollock. As a hitter. As a hitter, as a hitter, right. AJ yeah. Pollock began a rehab assignment. And Nick Kingham is back. So Nick Kingham, two starts at the Dodgers and home against the Phillies. Um, <laughs> you like Loisaga better than Kingham, Scott? I do. Okay. Yep. I think he's a better pitcher. One start, Zach Godley, two start, Nick Kingham. Godley has the Padres. Godley. Yeah, I think Godley. Okay. My good, my god. He is just, yikes. Email of the day. He's been, he's been doing okay no. before the start this Scott, week. Scott, he's walking everyone. He is he walking, is walking a lot of hitters. He has a 160 whip. Oh my goodness. 50 walks in 92 and, 92 and a third. I'm just saying, there was a rough patch in what, May? And then obviously this terrible start. Yes. And look, I, he's not nearly as good as I hoped he was coming into the year, but there, there have been some good signs with the curveball getting swings and misses again. And obviously the Padres are a very good matchup. They are. I'd yeah. be okay starting. It was four straight starts allowing tour and runs for Godley, but still the control, uh, wasn't there. Our email of the day at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com is from Jimless Mark in South Carolina. He is Jimless, isn't G-Y-M-less, and I'll explain. Says, dear Homer, Seymour, Apu, and Barney. Heath, do you know them? Is that the Simpsons? Yeah, yes, it is. In fact, good. Mark says, I love the show. I often listen while I'm on the run, on a run or at the gym. At the gym the other day, I guess my Bluetooth wasn't turned on, and when I hit play, the entire gym was treated to "They'll be there for you" at full blast. Needless to say, the entire place stopped their workout and turned to look. I tried to play it cool and skip past the song, but the damage was done. Now, everyone thinks I listen to crappy 90s sitcom pop. I get strange looks now and can hear the snickering behind my back. I am in the market for a new gym. Thanks a lot, guys. Every day should be Kokomo Friday. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, Mark. This is this is part of the reason not to get into music if you're going to be judged this harshly, harshly for your selection. Yeah. I mean, everybody should be able to listen to parodies of uh, the Rembrandts. Whenever they want. I had some people, because I had made the comment that the Dukes of Hazard theme song was the greatest TV theme song ever. <laughs> and a lot of people were suggesting this song as the greatest oh, TV theme song Oh, also wrong. Also wrong. It's clearly the Growing pain song. Show me that smile. Oh, show me that smile. That was beautiful. But that's nowhere close. Also, the Cheers song is terrific. Ooh, yeah. Have you ever heard the full-length version of that, though? Yeah, I have. <laughs> Some really odd lyrics right? in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is it, it is a strange song. Um, yeah. All right, if we look at the bullpen here. Heath, what was your take on the, on the bullpen this weekend? Will Smith got a couple of saves. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, by the way, pretty good theme song. Adam Adovino got a save on, on set. Uh, Family Matters isn't quite up there. Um, Heath, is there anyone you think needs to be picked up right now? 
I mean, I'm getting closer to saying that Sir Anthony Domingo sh- should just be owned everywhere. That's the one that you didn't mention. He got his seventh save, and I'm not – like, they're still not totally using him like a traditional closer. I'm not sure they will, but he might just be good enough that it doesn't matter. I'm not particularly interested in picking up Will Smith. I, obviously, in, in Toronto, if you need saves, speculate on Clippard or Sangwano. I expect they're both going to get saves over the next couple of weeks. And uh, I'm at the point where I'm, I haven't dropped – I dropped Ken Giles in a shallow league. I don't think he's been picked up. I haven't dropped him in a deeper league, but I'm sitting Ken Giles for Sergio Romo. Um, and then there's just one guy, bit of a sleeper here, because Dominguez is awesome. But if they want to use him for multiple innings, the Phillies – it's going to take a little while. The Phillies just activated Pat Neshek, and I wonder if he could eventually become that guy. Because last year he had a 159 ERA for the Rockies. Six walks, 69 strikeouts, and Neshek just made his first appearance yesterday. I don't think he's a bad speculative ad in a league where, like, you're using relief pitchers pretty regularly, certainly not in points league. But I don't believe the Phillies are going to have a quote-unquote closer, period. Okay. So, I, I yeah, go ahead. I hope he doesn't get too involved because... I mean, Sir, Sir Anthony Dominguez has been getting one inning saves recently, which I was skeptical he'd ever get. And obviously he's great, so I'd rather have him. Yeah. Um, can, like circling back to Will Smith, cause he did get two saves over the weekend. Uh, it was interesting the way things unfolded yesterday, cause Sam Dyson worked in the seventh inning and got two outs. Uh, then Mark Melanson started the ninth in a non-save situation and made it a save situation that Will Smith came in and got the save for. So, I I mean, it it looks like Dyson and Melanson aren't the closer, right? Tony Watson set up Will Smith for Will, Will Smith's first save of the weekend. So it looks like Tony Watson's not the closer. And he set up I'm not sure Will too. Smith isn't the closer. Yeah, and Will Smith's only 5% owned. And, uh, he's had a really good year. I mean, if you'd want to pick him up just for ratios and maybe you'll luck into saves, that doesn't seem like a bad plan. I, you know, his ownership is at five. I think it should be about seven or eight. Right? From the, from the uh, French Prince song? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Most added list. The most added list. Nate Avaldi, number one. Everybody calls him Nathan except for me. Maybe I should start doing that. Uh, these at Miami and at the Mets. We talked about it a lot on Friday. He's a little tough to trust, but he's now 72% owned. It was about 50% on Friday. So Nate Evaldi is the most added player. Enrique Hernandez. He sat yesterday. He's probably going to sit every now and then as Chris Taylor is back. But Enrique Hernandez is no doubt about it on quite a little run right now. Uh, 37% owned. Last 19 games. Batting 317 with a 1068 OPS, seven walks, 12 strikeouts. Uh, in those 19 games, 16 starts. Heath, you want to pick up Enrique Hernandez? I will say I am starting Hernandez this week at shortstop because of Correa's DL situation. Um, but you tell me, Heath. I don't think I'd want to start him in a standard points league, but in a roto league with the five outfielders, the middle infield, the corner infield, absolutely. I, I've always thought that he should get, have gotten more of a shot to be an everyday player than he has. I'm glad to see he's succeeding in this opportunity. I'm not I, sure. I, he's gonna I be good think enough Taylor. Play. Yeah, when Taylor back now, I I think he's gonna go back to starting primarily against lefties. I know he got to start against a righty this weekend with Taylor on the bench, but but wait, um, don't don't they have know. Logan Forsyth in their lineup or not really? 
They have Forsyth in probably about 60% of the time. Max Muncy, that's one place they've been slotting Max Muncy to keep him in the lineup. Uh-huh. And obviously they're not taking him out of the lineup. Uh, not the second base is primary position, but he'll play it some. Okay. Um, you know who they should bench? He'll play they should bench Quig. Uh, it's easy to say now. <laughs> I guess so. All right. Uh, I mean, I, I I know there's a lot of upside there. All right. So we got to be a little careful with Enrique Hernandez, but um, I also don't know their matchups this week. But uh, who else is on the most data list? That's interesting. We've got Zach Eflin. He's either one start against Baltimore or maybe gets two starts this week. Shane Bieber's 82 percent on Zach Wheeler. Scott, do we think Zach Wheeler's going to make those two starts? We don't. It looks like they're going to need another starter for Wednesday, and it's a five-game week for the Mets. So I am betting against two starts for Wheeler. But why not just go with four starters? Isn't that what they did this week? Because they had uh, Stephen Matz did pitch the two starts. Well, let me double-check here. Did, if, did they have a game on Thursday? No. Because if they, they didn't have a game on Thursday, this past Thursday? I don't think so. Because we were curious. I mean, I, I guess it's possible they could, but I have seen indication that they plan to bring somebody up Wednesday. So All right. maybe they'll change their minds. But again, like, beware. Zach Wheeler's probably not the kind of pitcher you want with one start. So unless you're sure he's going to make two starts, he probably should bench him. Okay. Willie Peralta, 17% owned. Will Smith or Willie Peralta? I'd rather go Smith. I think yeah, I probably would too. Old is clearer, but it's a terrible team, and he's not a very good pitcher. Most of this list is two-star pitchers, so let me just say, Jose Peraza is now 70% owned. Heath, Jose Peraza is on fire. I have the numbers somewhere, uh, but he's hit like three home runs in his last five games or something. Jose Peraza's hitting well. Babe Peraza, basically. Who needs deals <laughs> when you've got his type of power? Um, you said 17% owned? 70 Sorry. 70. That makes a lot more sense. Yes. Yeah. I, and I think that's pro, like, again, he's not somebody that I really want to be starting in a standard points league, but he's must own and must start in any categories league. And I do see Derek Rodriguez is on the list. I'm not sure about, um, Andrew, uh, Suarez. That's his name, right? How do I? Andrew Suarez. Yeah. He's a, he's a Miami Hurricane. I should know him. <laughs> Andrew Suarez, they're both about 20% owned. They're both pitching well. But please be aware, Samarja and Cueto are both coming back, so they're going to have to make some rotation decisions. We don't was know that exactly. Rico Suave, Heath? Was that it was. what you were doing? It was. There? Yes. It, okay. It was. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. I got that. I got the music. Well, rep. good job. Thank yeah, you. you know, and, like, that's kind of how I feel about about me, about myself. But Rico Suave... After I use my uh, my Harry's razor, and I get an awesome shave with Harry's razors. People, I'm telling you, I used to be so mad every time I went to the grocery store, or sorry, the, the convenience store, wherever, and bought myself some razors. I thought they were the most overpriced thing on the market. And Harry's apparently agreed, because they are giving you an unbelievable opportunity to buy great razor blades and a great razor for an unbelievable cost. If you go to harrys.com slash fbt, h-a-r-r-y-s dot com slash fbt, you can get their trial set, which is a $13 value. And just get it at harrys.com slash fbt. You get a weighted ergonomic handle, 
A five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade. Rich lathering shave gel. I love the shave gel. Great smell. Uh, the wife likes it as well. And you get a travel blade cover. It's a great, great deal for you. Uh, would ordinarily cost you 13 bucks, but go ahead and, and get our discount at harrys.com slash fbt, because when you try it, you're going to love it. You're going to keep coming back to Harry's Razors. I get a very smooth shave. It's really perfect. I love it. I've gotten uh, Harry's Razor sets as gifts, actually, for a few people, and they've all been very happy about it. Harry's.com slash fbt. Harry's.com slash fbt. Redeem your offer, and let them know that we sent you to help support fantasy baseball today. Uh, does, is there any, we didn't really cover Aaron Hicks. He's 72% owned. He's gonna be leading off, at least against lefties. He's, you know, I don't know. It, is, I was uh, hoping he'd lose his job to Clint Frazier at some point, but no. that's obviously less likely now. His, his numbers are pretty good. They're was, not great, I'm, but they're I mean, pretty the, good. Only, the only question I really have, was he a better prospect than no. Aaron Judge. Oh yes, he was. Gary but he, Sanchez. He probably was. Well, but he didn't come so up with their far system. Removed from his prospect status. No, he's just he's just making fun of me. But uh, you know, okay. he was part. Of, wasn't he? He was a he was a first round pick. He wasn't. The yeah, number he one was a pick, big. Like. He was a big prospect in the Twins organization, but the Twins eventually gave up on him, which is why he's a Yankee now. So he's. Uh, what happened there? They traded him to the Yankees for John, John Ryan, Ryan Murphy, Murphy back in 2015, which yeah, is not something you do with somebody you value. <laughs> Uh, Hicks is now the number 35 outfielder in points, number 31 in Roto, and that's with missing a little bit of time. He's played only 64 games. Uh, at the beginning of the year, he got hurt. So, uh, he's better against lefties, slugging 126 points higher against lefties than righties. Alright, forget about hitters. Let's talk pitchers. All of them. Studs being studs, studs being duds, pitchers to add, and drop, and more. Here are the studly ones. Part one. Charlie Morton, 11 strikeouts, two walks against at the Rays. He's bounced back, certainly. His last two starts have been brilliant. Blake yep. Snell, my goodness, Blake Snell, 10 strikeouts against the Astros, seven and a third. He's got a 224 ERA. Uh, Patrick Corbin, another very good start. Five strikeouts, but 16 swinging strikes in six innings. I think that's two great ones in a row. Yeah, two great starts in a row for Corbin. Anything to say about Morton, Snell, or Corbin? And missing from this list, like Chris Sale, James Paxton, Luis Severino, they were mm. awesome. But they're always awesome. Yep. Yeah. They're, these guys, I mean, Corbin's the one we've had the most concerns about, but I, I think he's answered those last two times out. I think it's safe to say he wasn't as good as he looked the first month of the year, but he's still really good. Heath, we got studs being studs part two. Tell me if these guys are studs. Now, why are they in this category? They're owned in more than 80% of leagues. That's what qualifies as a stud for the, these purposes. But are these guys must start? Mike Fultonevich, who has a 202 ERA, Kenta Maeda, and Marco Gonzalez. I don't, like, I think Maeda, for me at least, when he is healthy, and scheduled to start, I am going to start him. Fulte has been phenomenal and just continues to make me look stupid, but this week at Milwaukee, I would be questionable in whether I was starting him. If I could find a, a two-start pitcher with good matchups, I'd probably start him over Fulte at Milwaukee. Marco Gonzalez is still, to me, more matchup dependent. Yeah, he had a great outing against the Royals. That's what you're supposed to do. I think Fultonevich is so interesting. He... Is he, is he Trevor Bowering right now? I mean, the, the big difference is that Bauer goes like 
14 innings every start, and Fulton you're hoping he goes six. <laughs> Fulton came out early in this game, I think, because of the heat. He seemed to be exhausted. Yeah. But man, like, yeah. he, his fastball is just overpowering. Slider looks good. Is Fulton having a breakout here? I guess I he, mean, he's saying no. He's saying no, it seems. Right? And I was with him for a while. I've, I've changed my tune over the last few weeks. Um, because I mean, he hasn't done the things I thought he needed to do to break out. He hasn't really developed a change up or seen his swinging strike rate go up in a, in a meaningful way. But it's not like if, if, if this was, you know, four or five years ago before I knew anything about swinging strike rate and I just saw that he was striking out 11 per nine or whatever it is with that ERA, like I wouldn't have any questions about whether or not it was a breakout. And so I think maybe I've been overcomplicating it and he's just good. Yeah, I mean, I th- I really want my my pitchers to have three pitches that they use a lot, and he doesn't. But when you have that good of a fastball, I guess you can kind of compensate. I mean, he's bit. kind of Robbie Raying a little bit. The walks are still pretty high. He's going five innings, like four straight starts now. And I the- I, I don't really think it's going to last, but he's definitely better than he was. The FIP is a run higher than the ERA. But the FIP is three. You yeah. Know? And Fulton Evich, yeah, another similarity with Robbie Ray. 59 hits in 84 innings. And, like, nobody can be that good. Uh, studs being duds, part one. We're gonna forget about Barrios. He's, you know, heat exhaustion. In fact, if anybody's panicking, send your offers. Uh, Zach Godley. <laughs> Yikes. Jay Happ gets the Yankees at home this week. Jake Arietta. Anybody else we drop. With his peripherals, with his numbers, with what he's been doing, one quality start in his last six, six starts. If he didn't have the pedigree, Arietta would be dropped. Yeah. Gio Gonzalez has been struggling. He does get the Marlins this week. Cole Hamels is really bad at home and quite good on the road. He's at Detroit this week. And David Price just cannot pitch against the Yankees. But luckily he gets the Royals this week on the road. Five home runs. That's... That was crazy for Price. I don't remember the last time I saw a five homer game. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, this year, was, was it Pavetta? Did he have a five homer game? I'm not sure. Someone did. Someone. I think there were five solo uh, homers. Yeah. No, I mean, Brios, no worries there. The others on this list, uh, I could come up with reasons to be concerned. I think Ariad is the most obvious, and like you were saying, um, so let's drop him. Jake let's drop Ariad. No, let's do it, everybody. I think I'm more worried about Cole Hamels than I am Arietta. Like Hamels has started to have the wheels fall off, and his last three starts are against, even his last four starts at the Dodgers, so he gets the the pitcher hitting at the Royals, the Padres, and the White Sox. I'm more worried about Hamels than I am Arietta. Uh, Hamels has been homer prone this year. He didn't give up a home run in this start, which makes me feel better about it. And he's been getting a lot of strikeouts, like legitimately. Good swinging strike rate. Uh, I, I think he's better than Arietta. I think he might be better than Gio Gonzalez. Uh, I think he's better than Godley. I'd take Barrios and Hap over him, but that's it. Oh, Price, too. Price is on this list. Yeah, I'd take Price over Hamels also. Buster only said something interesting on the broadcast last night. He said he talked to a scout who said that there's nothing that David Price does now that gives hitters, that makes hitters uncomfortable. 
Um, I don't know how interesting that is. If it's well, it's interesting. I don't know if it's fantasy relevant, but you know, he's not well. A dominant. I, I mean, to put it in terms we usually talk about, his swinging strike rate is only. 50. It's down to where it was. It, it's way down. But it's down to where it was like the first five years of his career where he was still a high-end pitcher. So the, I don't know how much to worry about that. The problem is back then that swinging strike rate was a lot better than it is now sure. relative to all other starting pitchers. Yeah. Yes, probably true. I am very much willing to just forget this start for Price because he just – he is really bad at the Yankees, specifically at Yankee Stadium. Like I knew this was going to happen. I talked about it all last week or you know, whenever the last time we talked about David Price. Um, he had been on a hell of a run before that. Previous nine starts, 272 ERA, 17 walks, 57 strikeouts, and 56 and a third. My issue with Price is the health. I mean, this guy, this is not a guy that you can assume is going to make it through the year. I'm not, you, I, you can't assume that he won't, but that has to be in the back of your mind if you're a Price owner. But at Kansas City, like, we're definitely starting him at Kansas City, right? Yep. Yes, for sure. All right, more studs being duds. Eduardo Rodriguez was a dud at the Yankees. Nick Pavetta gave up seven runs in an inning and two-thirds, and he's at Pittsburgh this week. Sonny Gray. If you start Sonny Gray at home, stop playing fantasy baseball. You don't deserve <laughs> it. Will you start him this week at Toronto? He's already done – he did great at Toronto in his last start. You tell me in a second. Jamison Tyone was bad at San Diego. He's a frustrating pitcher. And Tyson Ross we already talked about. So uh who's the best on this list? Eduardo Rodriguez, Pavetta, Sonny Gray – Tyone or Tyson Ross? Eduardo Rodriguez. I think it's Tyone. Wow. Man. Well, they they feel like a clear top two to me. Unless we think Pavetta... I mean, I think Pavetta and Ross are both pretty close to Tyone. Yeah, I would agree with that, I still don't get the Tyone hype. I don't. It's not so much Tyone hype, I think, as me not thinking Eduardo Rodriguez is as good as you do. I I don't strikeouts, have the strikeouts are so high though. And they have been they were last year too, right? I don't think it, they were this high. Uh his strike his K to not per nine is actually lower than it was last year. Oh wow. Okay. My um bad. his strikeout percentage is a full point lower than it was last year. But it's still I mean he's still striking it's out nine point seven though. Like yeah, it's, he's I mean, still it's high. I think Tyone is going to throw more innings than Rodriguez is. I think Rodriguez is going to have a higher strikeout rate than Tyone is. Um, I would expect well, Ty- Tyone has a Tyone slightly... hasn't been throwing many innings, though, is the thing. That's has been one of his biggest problems, is not getting six very often. And I would expect Tyone to have a slightly lower ERA. But they're both, like, it's high, high threes, low fours. What do we do with Pavetta? Do we hang on to him for the potential? He has one quality yeah. start in his last seven starts. Yeah, no, I think I think you hang on to him for the potential. I still think he's the second best pitcher in that rotation, which means ahead of Arietta, ahead of Eflin, Velasquez. Okay. Just not Nola. And Sonny Gray, <laughs> how owned should Sonny Gray be? He's eighty six percent owned. Less than that. I mean things were looking better. Prior to this start, but not so good that he was like undroppable even then. So I have six high. I still have Sonny Gray on one of my teams, I believe. Um, and I there's a decent chance that I'll start him this week at Toronto. Mm-hmm. It, it's really strange. It's got to be like a little bit mental. 
He has an 8.25 ERA at home, 3.28 on the road. Not just 3.28 on the road, but he has 13 walks, 48 strikeouts, and 46 and two thirds on the road. Like his home, his walk to strikeout ratio is terrible at home. Uh, maybe he's just afraid pitching there. Anyway, studs being something in between studs and duds. I don't know how much time we have to spend on this. In fact, let's just spend time on one guy, Freddie Peralta. Gave up three runs early in that game. I, I watched his start, and actually he pitched against uh, Matt Harvey. Who did not look bad. Believe it or not. Uh, and then I think Peralta seemed to me like he started going to the curveball a little bit more, which was nice to see. Um, but this was his worst start, yet he was able to recover from a really bad first inning, which he threw more than 40 pitches. And Peralta's got Atlanta this week. So he's 88% owned, partially because he had a two-start week last, uh, you know, in week 14. Should Peralta still be 88% owned, or, or is he a, a streamer? Well, if Sonny Gray is 86% owned, then he should absolutely be 88%. Well, Sonny Gray should not be 86% owned. <laughs> so should Freddie Peralta be 88% I mean, this, this is owned? not the kind of start that's going to keep Zach Davies from reclaiming his job. If Peralta has, if keeps, if he keeps doing this. Uh, but this has also been about as bad as we've seen from Peralta this year, and it's not that bad. So I, I, like, I'm not dropping him based on this start, I guess. Nope, me neither. To sum it up. Okay. Let's look at the fringies. Guys to add here. Rich Hill and Marcus Stroman probably headline this list. Other guy, and this is shallow league, right? We'll get deeper as we keep going. Other guys who are owned in 65 to 79% of leagues, part one of the fringy starting pitchers. Rich Hill, Marcus Stroman, we have Chase Anderson. I've been monitoring the velocity. It's, it's okay. It's not what it was last year, but it's better than it was like really early this year for Anderson. Julio Tehran. Luke Weaver, seven straight non-quality starts. Uh, Carlos Rodon, Kevin Gosman, and Steven Matz, and CC Sabathia, who has a 3.02 ERA. Um, so I said a lot of names. Like I said, Hill and Stroman are, are, I'm guessing, are top two. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. Chase Anderson, Julio Tehran, Luke Weaver, Carlos Rodon, Kevin Gosman, Steven Matz, CC Sabathia. You see these guys in your leagues. Who do you want, Heath? Ooh. See, my problem is I'm, it's more like who would I drop Carlos Red on for because I already own him in all of my leagues. And I don't know that there is a pitcher on this list that would motivate me to drop Red on. Maybe Kevin Gosman. Scott? Yep. I think it's time to move on from Luke Weaver. He had that his last start at Milwaukee. He struck out nine and five and two-thirds. And so you thought... Maybe maybe he's coming around, but then he follows it up with this disaster. The hard part like, is he's at San Francisco this week. I don't like. I'm not. I'm not going to start him after that start he just had in a one start week. No chance. Yeah, so I don't even know that, that matters to me. He has not earned it. And Gosman is very frustrating and confusing to me. Two strike. I sat him yesterday in a daily league. I started him in a weekly league. Two strikeouts. But only two runs in eight innings with really bad, you know, a bad hit, a good hitting environment because it was so damn hot. That's another reason why I sat him and it was against the Angels. I don't trust him in good, in against good teams, but he's proving me wrong right now. Gosman, although the strikeouts are not there. So how much nope. do we trust Kevin Gosman? It's 68% owned. Yeah, he is frustrating because he's like, he's like the opposite of Fulton Evich where he's doing exactly what I thought he needed to do to have a breakout, which was feature his splitter 25% of the time or more. And it just hasn't, it hasn't led to the strikeout numbers we saw over the final two thirds of last season when he was doing that. 
so it's it's uh I I'm keeping them around, but mostly just for two star weeks, so I don't trust him. Okay, and Sabathia Heath. I mean, it's weird. He's he's kind of like a soft contact king, right? And he has uh, three starts of seven warnings in his last five. He gets the Braves at home this week. I I don't have any problem at all with starting Sabathia on a two start week, or if he has a week where he faces the Padres or something like that. Not not going to be the Padres, right. but a, a low level offense, even the Orioles. But he's not somebody I'm I'm planning on starting most weeks. All right, let's do some more fringies. Part two, fifty to sixty four percent owned. I don't know that there's one guy. Ooh, I picked up one guy in a in a points league of RP. Uh, Joey Lucchese, Yolisha Seen, Mike Montgomery, Joe Musgrove, Lance Lynn, Reynaldo Lopez, Frankie Montas, Lucchese, Shasin, Montgomery, Musgrove, Lynn, Lopez, Montas. Man, talk about frustrating is Reynaldo Lopez, just because we keep expecting him to be terrible, and every time he starts to kind of look terrible, he has a start that's pretty good. I My hope for him has been, I hope Reynaldo Lopez starts pitching better, because there's no way he can maintain good results with the way he's pitching. He's not starting pitching better. The, the one guy on this list that I'm really interested in is Musgrove, yeah. and just because of that spark eligibility. Yeah, at the Dodgers this week, so I do have him. And for me, it's either starting Musgrove or like Blake Parker. And one start at a good hitting team, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Game time decision. Yeah, I'd probably start Musgrove. I, it would have to be a top 15 reliever for me to not start Musgrove. Okay. That's probably a good Lance, rule of thumb. Lance Lynn, uh, looked like he was trending the right direction before his disaster at the Cubs on Sunday. He and Sonny Gray, I think, are in a very similar boat where like they've been showing signs of improvement lately. They both have pretty good upside, but yeah, it, you you just never get to the point where you really trust them to start them. Yeah, and let's uh, also give Heath a little credit for a deep league guy we're going to talk about in a second, Brad Keller. I I think Brad Keller has the best ground ball rate in baseball, but he's just not qualified. Um. He's it's it's unbelievable. Got to like be up there. Two thirds yeah. of his. We've changed his name. He is now Brad Eller because he doesn't need case. <laughs> <laughs> All right, more fringies. Tyler Malley, Shelby Miller, Matt Boyd, Matt Harvey. Interested in these guys? Uh, Malley, Miller, Boyd, Harvey. It's intriguing upside for Malley, but it just seems like there's as much bad with the good there. Oh my God! Twenty-seven swinging strikes for Malley. Yep. Yeah, it was a really, really good start, but it wasn't a quality start, you know. Yeah, true. <laughs> he threw 113 pitches. You know, he had he had 12 yeah. strikeouts. And, and like, I think it was another situation where it kind of all, all unraveled at the end, just because I don't think he has a very varied enough arsenal. I expected that Shelby Miller was going to be someone that I might start against the Padres. And that's his matchup this week. There, there's just no way you can with the way his first two starts have gone. I don't understand how he's still 35% owned. Yeah, no, he was, we said he was overowned to begin with. And Matt Harvey, 31% owned at the Cubs this week. Uh, if he does well in this start, we might have to, we might have to start making some more considerations because he was pitching great. Uh, he had like a perfect game through four, I believe, maybe five, uh, against the Brewers. And in deep leagues, we got Tyler Anderson, who's been good lately on the road. He's at home this week, though. 
Liriano, Suarez, Derek Rodriguez, Armand Marquez, talked about him. Jordan Zimmerman is actually being pitching okay. He's got a 114 whip. Um, Andrew Kastner has been good lately. Five quality starts in his last six. There's Max Freed, Brad Keller, John Gant, Edwin Jackson, Pablo Lopez, Sandy Alcantara, Paul Blackburn. Ugh, so long. That's a gross So long, list. this list, Adam. All right, you want me to pick my favorite three? Yes. Is that how we're going to do favorite this? Favorite three deep league targets out of who I just said. I know nobody remembers, but Scott's going to tell you his favorite three. Freed, Tyler Anderson, and Derek Rodriguez, who I am beginning to obsess over just because there's so much coolness with him. From the the fact he's Pudge's son to the spelling of his first name to the <laughs> beautiful, beautiful black hair. Don't you dare. You can't be long hair guy but anti-beard guy. Those two things don't go well. Well, long hair just works on some people. It doesn't work on many people, but it works on Derek Rodriguez. It doesn't work on Jacob deGrom. I'm glad he cut it. But it works on Derek Rodriguez. <laughs> All right, that works for me. And let's read some emails to finish the show. This is from Marty. John Gray just got dropped in my 16-team Dynasty League. Should I add him, John Gray, and drop Luke Weaver, Domingo Armand, or Tyson Ross? Wow, is the answer to drop Luke Weaver? In a dynasty league? Can you do that? I know. Ooh. Like, like, I have to think back to Luis Severino and anybody who may have dropped him in his second season and say, hell no, I'm yeah. not dropping Luke Weaver. But I would drop Tyson yeah, Ross. But who do you drop? I would drop Ross. Unless, I mean, he probably, he probably has the least upside for the long haul, but he's probably the most useful right now. And so. Armand Ur- is going to be, I think, useless in three weeks. This year. Yeah. But I think there's some, maybe some future for Armand. You gotta get John Gray though. If it's dynasty, like you're keeping most of your roster. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Trade Ross. You don't have to drop him. Trade him. Well, you might not have time. You know, Gray's on waivers right now. Somebody, you gotta pick him up. I know. You can't drop Luke Weaver. Like I, I've had that. Like I want people who are willing to make deals fast, and so (laughs) many people just like want to think about deals for half a week. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say drop Tyson Ross. How about you guys? I can't say that. Drop Armand. I think Weaver. No, in a yeah, dynasty I mean, league? It, yeah. Are you insane? I, I mean, Gray and Herman have similar upside. No. Herman, like. uh, I think we're jumping the gun a little bit on Domingo Herman. I, I really like his upside. All right. <laughs> Gray the trade from Jason. Give Kershaw. Get Ben Intendi and Scooter Jeanette. I think that's a win. Think really? It's a B-plus kind of win. Kershaw C. for Benintendi yeah. and Jeanette. Scott. I, he says C. I value Benintendi over Kershaw right now. And wow. Jeanette's hardly just a throw-in. All right, all right. Um, from Mr. C. Uh, great. Hi, Ralph, Richie, and Chachi. Is, is Sing Chachi? the song, Scott. I'm not. Okay, what is this? Is this Sunday, Welcome Back, Potter? Monday, happy oh, it's days. Happy, happy Days. days. Okay. Never right. seen Happy Days. Yeah, Chachi. Couldn't remember who Chachi was from. Joni loves Chachi. Yeah, he, she does. Uh, give Andrew. The weekend comes, my cycle hums, ready to race to you. <laughs> You're better at the Growing Pains song, just for for reference. All right, give Andrews. Get Paul DeYoung. He needs power. He gives Andrews and Alonzo. He gets Paul DeYoung and Matt Chapman. 
Oh. Uh, uh, C minus. Yeah, that's, what did you say? B minus? C minus. D, C yeah, minus? I guess, still D don't minus, know what you're saying. Right. That's D a big, minus. that's a big loss. I agree. Andrews is the best player here. From Luke. Dear Arnold, Clementine, Hector, and Maeve. That's Westworld, I believe. Your Westworld takes were absurdly hasty, uncalled for, and just plain false. Should I stick mm. with, uh, my trio of pitchers? Uh, I don't know who they are. Godley and Lynn are two of them. Or should I drop Godley and Lynn for Anders, Clay, Chase Anderson, Clayton Richard, Brent Suter, Danny Duffy, Jake Odorizzi, Yvonne Nova, Joe Musgrove? Drop Lynn for Duffy. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And uh Kyle Hendricks and John Gray were both dropped. This is from Nick in San Francisco. Would you add either or both and drop any of the following for Kyle Hendricks and John Gray? Zach Godley, Tyone, Bieber, Erman, and Arietta. So Godley, Tyone, Bieber, Erman, and Arietta. Oh yeah, I know what I'd do. Okay. What would you do, Adam? When I think pick, about what I'd do. I'd pick up both Hendricks and Gray, and I'd drop Domingo Erman and Jake Arietta. Or I, I'd definitely drop Erman. And then you can drop probably any of the others. I mean, my least favorite are Arietta and Tyone. I'm telling you, Armand's going to be out of the rotation soon. Maybe. Maybe not. Unless I, unless Sonny Gray is out of the rotation. Yeah. Maybe. So I watched The Last Jedi yesterday. How was it? Oh, I've, I just started watching that. I'm 15 minutes in, so no spoilers, please. No spoilers, but I, my, my 16-year-old actually started it while I was out of the room, and then he got bored and left. Uh-huh. And so I was like, ah, I'll watch it. Um, it wasn't bad. I, I, I watched the whole thing. It was, it was fine. I, I thought that like, <laughs> and this is probably going to get me in trouble, but Luke might have been the worst part of the whole movie. Interesting. Okay. Well, I still have to watch Empire Strikes Back. That's where I am in the, uh, in the Star Wars series. <laughs> when I, I also saw Uncle Drew in a theater, and oh. I had not been to a theater since they had recliners. Oh, yeah, they're very nice. They're a very nice it's addition. Really, Uncle Drew was awesome. No, it wasn't. It was awesome, yes. Well, okay, before we have to go, but I need to I need to Rotten Tomatoes, Uncle Drew, and see what happened. I'll go audience score, because I know the critic score is going to be pretty low. I'm going to guess a 24% critic. No, I'm going to guess a 60% critic and like a 53% audience score for Uncle oh, Drew. You're wrong, Adam. Am I? Audience, oh! audience liked it less than the critics. 67% from the critics? That's amazing. Yep. 49% from the audience. Oh, maybe I got to see Uncle Drew. We got to go. We'll figure it out on another show. Talk to you on Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. What? Ladies and gentlemen? What? Bye. <laughs>